1: Talk, Big Opinions, the panel. Right, uh, Jamie Wall and James Regan are our panellists this morning. Uh, Good morning to you gentlemen, uh, both of you, and uh, let's uh, start on, I guess, the hottest topic. Uh, I'm not sure it was uh, news to both of you blokes, you might have known uh, previously anyway, but uh, Campbell Johnson coming out uh, on television last night as the first openly gay all black on uh, Seven Sharp. Uh, James Regan, what did you make of that announcement?
0: Yeah, well,
2: I, um, morning Smithy, morning Jamie. Firstly, didn't um, didn't know, and and secondly, massive respect and and everything to to Campbell. It's a, an incredible thing that he's done, not just for himself or the rugby community, but but for a lot of people out there who um, who will be in the same position. Um, and so, yeah, massive respect to him and we've we've obviously seen it. I'm sure it's been touched on that we've seen it in league and other sports in the past, but to have it right on our doorstep and, and in that all blacks environment is is massive. So yeah, re- really, I guess a lot of people will be thankful to Campbell today for the way he's opened up and, um, and the way he's gone about things and yeah, hopefully it does prompt a bit of change in the way we think and, some of the stuff he touched on about not feeling comfortable in that environment at that time which was obviously a different time um but hopefully we do kind of reassess things and how we look at things at the moment and, and if it does prompt a bit of good change then that, that's amazing that's um yeah an incredible thing
1: jamie wall uh, thanks for joining us this morning uh jamie uh, I'm not uh, 100% sure if it was a complete surprise to you. Uh, so, what first of all, what do you make uh, of the announcement? Two, part two, is do you think it'll make any difference? Do you think it will um, open the doors, as they say?
0: Oh, well, uh, yeah, good morning, Smithy. Good morning, Jimmy. Um, I think that the doors are already a bit open, and that's why Campbell has felt comfortable coming out and saying this, and I think that also you're saying... You're seeing with the reaction that has ranged from uh, jubilation from a good section of the community, and that's understandable, um, to somewhat ambivalence for, with a lot of people who are just saying like, "Okay, cool, like well, he, it's not really going to change the way I think of him." He was he's a good, good rugby player who, who represented the All Blacks um, a while back, and um, and I think that's really positive, and I think that that's that that shows that yeah, you see the door the doors could be opened. I think. Had they not been by the actions of um, some current players, and I'm going to highlight Brad Weber, uh, for example, who's been pretty outspoken, uh, you know, at least from an All Black uh, on on this issue uh, in, the, in the past few years, and been pretty consistent about it too. TJ Perenara being being another one um, that they've helped create this environment where where Campbell's managed to uh, you know come to terms with uh, the fact that it's okay to. To say this sort of thing, and not not only that, but um, be engaged in a role with his former team, with the Crusaders, who have uh, welcomed him in. And and I saw yesterday on that on that clip that he was in there talking to uh, the team about uh, his journey, and and it's something that young players can can learn from, whether they whether they're gay, straight, or otherwise. Uh, it's it's it can only really be a, a positive thing uh, moving forward because um, we we want to have these people in our game it's just important just like we want to have them in in every aspect of our community and and make them feel welcome make them feel safe and i think that the most important thing that campbell said um last night is that hopefully what he's doing uh, can help people uh and and i think just that on on itself uh, makes it really commendable
1: yep okay um so much to to talk about um in that respect um, in fact, we'll take, what we'll do is I think we'll take an early uh, news break here with Araha and comebacker uh, I'm still a bit baffled as to why it's such a big thing all of a sudden with men's sport and yet women's sport, embrace it on a daily basis, and absolutely, it's part and parcel of what they do. So we'll, we'll go to Araha, and when we come back, we'll be with uh, Jamie and James. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. That talk to me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jamie Wall, James Regan uh, with us this morning on the panel. And uh, just before we finish on that subject, to me, uh, I, I look at it this way, um, James. In, in women's sport, they embrace um, their relationships. Um, you know, it's a strength of theirs uh, in, in rugby and cricket um, and basketball. We've uh, seen this high-profile basketballer, Brittany Griner. Uh, of course, uh, been released back into the United States after a drug conviction in the United States. Well, uh, the biggest campaigner for her openly was her wife. I mean, you know, uh, they just, in, in women's sport in particular, it's an environment that they thrive uh, on, they, they welcome it, they embrace it, they get fellowship out of it, uh, sisterhood out of it. Uh, in men's sport, it's kind of, really? 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 Oh, I can't be, I can't be like that, surely. Is that a sign of weakness? And that's the stereotype for me, James.
0: Yeah,
2: maybe, maybe that's just a reflection of where we're still at with a lot of our wider society that blokes feel they, you know, if they're in a rugby changing room and, and supposed to be these these hard-up men, that they can't talk about that or can't be themselves, which is incredibly sad. Uh, and maybe it does need us to look at um, more where we are. As, as men in that in that respect, and, and that maybe we're not as um, far ahead as we think we are compared to compared to a lot of people. So that's probably one thing, but it, Jamie's absolutely right in terms of the All Blacks that we've seen and the way the All Blacks have changed over the past few years. A lot of those players are, are more than welcoming, are more than vocal on a lot of social issues we have, which is amazing to see. Brad Weber, TJ Paranata, two, two that he mentioned, and two outstanding people in that respect. And, and that can only be a good thing. So as long as those guys at the top are, are reinforcing that, then you'd have to hope eventually that will trickle down and everyone feels they can be who they are, whether it's in a rugby changer room, a cricket changer room, a, a football room, whatever. Um, but maybe we do have to look at, um, you know, give us another look at where we actually are in terms of all that.
1: Interesting. Right, let's uh, move on to uh, the All Black uh, coaching role and uh, it's been out of the news for almost a week or two, but uh, here it comes uh, back again and uh, Scott Robertson certainly uh, a lot of people's favourite, but now it appears that Jamie Joseph is a a viable contender as well. Uh, Jamie Wall and uh, the process now uh, will be interesting.
0: Yeah, you're right, it will be because uh, it feels like it's the complete opposite of what they did last time where instead of lying about uh going and contacting 26 or whatever it was uh candidates um they are being very upfront and saying these are the two blokes we want um and we're going to be pretty open and transparent about the way that we uh go about interviewing them and appoint and the appointment process uh jamie joseph um coming into the conversation is an interesting one i personally don't know what uh, or sort of why he'd he'd want to leave Japan given this sort of money that I understand that he's on and also the amount of control that he has over, uh, not just the Japanese national team, but the entire Japanese rugby setup. Um, he's essentially an emperor up there. And, uh, to, to go from that to having to deal with the ones of New Zealand rugby, I don't think would be that much of a, well, it'd be something that wouldn't be motivating him to do so. Whereas Robertson has, um, despite, you know, sort of, putting the feelers out last year to say, like, oh, I want to coach another other teams to all that ones and stuff. It's pretty obvious this is what he wants to do, and, and, he's, and he wouldn't be here if he didn't. Um, and that the pathway for him now, now that all, that you, all the other Test Nations have locked up their, their coaching staffs, um, is very much going straight into their job. Um, I mean, and the other person you got to think about in this situation is Ian Foster, because of course he and his staff are trying to win a World Cup this year, and the New Zealand rugby have pretty much just come out and said because they've, they've intimated that they're going to, um, you know, uh, get this process going uh, as soon as possible, that um, they don't really have faith in them coaching beyond this year. So what faith in do they have in them to win this World Cup when they appointed them last year? So I, I, I just think it's a very odd move by the board uh, to do this, which is just yet another odd move that they've made, um, and that they probably need to just look at the way that they do everything rather than just... Um, you know, just,
1: just the all-black coach. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get the feeling uh, for, from Ian Foster's point of view, it's uh, almost like uh, it's water off a duck's back. Uh, Jamie, to be honest, the fact that he's just copped it left, right and centre, and here now that having confirmed his uh, rolls through to the World Cup, they still um, uh, are saying, look, um, win, lose or draw, uh, sorry, you're gone. Uh, James, uh, what, what do you, you, you make of this? It uh, looks like um, a two-horse race emerging. and Do you see it that way?
2: Yeah, well, that's certainly how it seems. and We've, we've obviously been discussing this amongst ourselves in, um, in the office quite a bit over the past few months, and it just seems now that with everything that's happened over the past um, almost a year or so now, Obviously, we are not. We don't know what's going to happen, but if they go out and Razor wins another title, it looks like he's going to win another title, and they don't go down that road, that that is a bizarre move. I mean, from a, an outsider looking in, given the public certainly seem to, to want to give Scott Robertson a chance. He's a serial winner. He's got an incredible win rate as Crusaders coach. Um, he's obviously done amazing things with them. And he's come through the system. He's a New Zealand coach who's conquered super rugby. He's been out and got experience with the Barbarians and done all kinds of stuff. And so now, if New Zealand rugby don't go down that path after this World Cup, then that is, it would just seem an absolutely bizarre move. Unless Jamie Joseph or someone else can bring something remarkable to the table or or can wow them in the interview, who else really can it be? I mean... Yeah, given given everything that um, that the All Blacks have been through over the past year, and the, the talk about Razor and the talk about Ian Foster, if they don't go out and get Scott Robertson, who most likely would leave New Zealand rugby, if he didn't get it, that All Blacks job, that that's a massive gamble, right? I mean, I'm, maybe Jamie disagrees, and it, maybe it's not a clear cut, but that would just seem like a truly bizarre move at this stage
1: interesting very very interesting indeed also interesting to me is that uh, where is David Nika in terms of uh, the boxing his boxing career uh, here's a bloke who is enormously promising uh, our focus tends to go to uh, the heavyweight division and uh, Joseph Parker more often than not but um, James where do you, where do we see David Nika sitting at the moment um, in terms of this calendar year
2: yeah it's a funny one and uh, he, he definitely needs and definitely wants a few more fights, but he, he's, everything that's been thrown at him so far, and it, it's not been the toughest test, but they've all been different kind of opponents. He He's conquered pretty easily. He's passing everything with thro- flying colours. He trains like an absolute weapon. He, he's so focused now and has such tunnel vision on wanting to get to the top of his division that... It's got to be a big year for him. He's got to get probably four or five fights in him, depending on obviously how they go. If he gets a a couple of knockouts, then that's amazing. But people, boxing promoters will be chasing David Nika, I think, if he gets another few good wins under his belt. He's just such a good talent. He's so marketable as well, which is obviously massive in boxing. He's such a good athlete, such a good talker. He's got a bit of fight about him when he speaks now, and you can kind of tell that he knows he has what it takes. He just needs to action it. But he, he's he got a bit of, not a bit of arrogance, but he's got a good cockiness about him when he talks. And he knows that if he applies himself and if he does everything how he's supposed to, he has everything he needs to get to the top of his division, which is great. It's great for New Zealand boxing. There's so many good boxers out there at the moment representing to New representing New Zealand. And David Nika, before too long, could be at the very top of those because he is such a phenomenal athlete. Just need to get a few more fights going and a couple of good wins, and I think there will be a lot of promoters chasing his signature very soon.
1: Uh, Just finally, I'll come to you, uh, Jamie Wall, on this one. Um, Like him or hate him, um, it's undeniable now, isn't it, that uh, Novak Djokovic is the greatest of all time?
0: Uh, Well, it's certainly not very easy to like him, I can tell you that much. But yes, I do respect him. uh, and his um and his tennis ability. Um I think though that the first point about him basically being the biggest jerk in the wo- in, in world sport is gonna stop people saying he's the greatest of all time. It's it's he doesn't have the charisma to kind of pull it off. Um you can act like an arrogant um dickhead uh but there's only a few people that can actually do that and still have people still have people around the world respecting you. Muhammad Ali's one of them um and there's not not that many others. Uh, and I, don't, I definitely don't put Novak Djokovic in that category. Well done for winning, um, what was it, his 10th uh, Australian Open. Like, that's, that's an incredibly impressive feat. And don't get me wrong, I will tune in to watch that guy play. But it doesn't mean I'm going to like him. And it means that when we talk about the greatest of all time, it's going to be, his name's going to be sort of down the list before I start talking about him.
1: Okay, right, uh, we'll leave it at that with you. Uh, James, would you like a, a, a quick whack at uh, Novak Djokovic as well, or are you just a little bit more sympathetic to his character?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if sympathetic. I certainly admire the way he's come back this year, and it, was obvious, it obviously meant a lot to him to win that Australian Open in particular, and you have to respect the mental toughness he would have to go out there and really dispatch everyone that got in his way um, and you kind of saw the, the end product of that with the outpouring of emotion that he had when he won it but yeah I, I kind of agree with Jamie for a lot of that like he's an amazing player but um, yeah can't. Kind of, yeah, I don't know Probably, I, I agree with Jamie
1: <laughs> Okay Good on you, boys, sticking together. Uh, Jamie Wall and uh, James Regan were our panellists this morning. Gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for your input.